You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts. Good evening, Marvels and Marvelettes. It's the Blurred Hulk in the Big Bayou, and we're back to talk about all things Marvel. From the big screen, to the small print, to the pulse in your chest so you know you're alive. One team, one love, it's the Marvel Tribe. I, I, I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Apparently, the one that I sang, somebody made a comment on uh, the Instagram page that he loved the intro. So maybe maybe I'll get a little bug up my butt and do another, like another power ballad. <laughs> Heck yeah, absolutely. Dude, use, I, that, you, yeah. use, use that money maker. <laughs> Gotta flex the golden pipes on it. That's right, that's right. So this is episode 10. We actually skipped a week. We did. Um, we were ready to go, but then, you know, life happens and we yeah. couldn't get together, so... We're all we're all destined to you know the the stay at home stuff, the coronavirus stuff, this this being essential employee. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 an adjustment. Now I'm not complaining because I'm not you know I'm not a doctor or first responder or anything, and I gotta give those right, guys right. credits and stuff. But it's it's an adjustment. So yeah, and and you know we're considered essential, and you know, damn yeah. it, Sean's essential too, as as he liked to <laughs> as he liked to say, which was amazing, by the way. Yeah. On, the, on the on the decast, but uh, all three of us are still working. Yep. We're still considered essential, which is fantastic because I do know people who aren't working. And, yeah, yeah. Man. So yeah. I, that's really terrible. I want to. It's a, it's a bit of a somber note, but I want I want to give uh, pay respect. My uh, a friend of mine that I did my very first podcast with years ago. It's a guy that I grew up with and went to high school with. Uh, his mother has been fighting MS for, oh my gosh, 14 years, oh, uh, 15 years. And she finally succumbed to it last night. Uh, uh, it was one of the things where they knew it was going to happen, but it was still yeah. kind of, you know, he was able to get home in time to be with her while she was there. He lives in North Carolina oh. and she's in, in, in Louisiana. So he was actually able to get home, but uh, she was a huge, huge part of my high school life. Yeah. And uh, when we did the podcast, we did it for almost three years. She was like the biggest fan. She bought T-shirts and like she would comment on any stuff we did. And she always gave us suggestions and constructive criticisms. And I just want to uh, I've already talked to him about it. I told him that if he needed to call me, it didn't matter that I worked nights. If he just wanted to call and, and talk to me about stories of her. But I wanted to uh, to give a, a big rest in peace to Miss Barbara Hudson. Um, gone too soon and uh, everyone appreciates anytime you have someone who supports the arts or these artsy things that we type to do yeah. and you get these fans and then life kind of happens to them uh, it's terrible but it's always awesome to know that you know your mom's got your back and she's in your corner and for Sean she was always there and for us she was always there so I wanted to throw her out she's a she was a legend man she was amazing so uh, much love to Sean and his dad and this troubling time and uh, absolutely yeah so uh from then tonight our show we're gonna talk about some rumors which were rumors two weeks ago but 
most of them are facts now, yes, but we'll still go, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and throw them out there. And then we'll have our little sponsor poo. And then we're going to play a new game called switch it. Yep. Yep. And we're going to do a, we're going to do a battle. We're going to review a really bad movie and then we're going to call it a night. So without further ado, how do rumors get started? Started by that jealous people and oh, rumors. Yeah. rumors. Rumor number one. Those of you Disney Plus subscribers may have noticed that the 90s era X-Men have started to make an appearance as icons on your account. And they've added quite a bit to it. So the rumor is, this one actually is a rumor, but there's a lot backing it up. It hasn't been 100% proven once again. But the rumor is that the creators of the 90s X-Men cartoon, which it's on Disney Plus, watch it. It's awesome. It's a bit out of order, but you'll be able to figure it out. But any of you who grew up in the 90s, and you'll know that. Oh, yeah. Right? Classic. So they're pitching an idea to Kevin Feige. We don't know what it is about, but we know that Kevin Feige has gone on record saying he is a huge fan of the 90s X-Men cartoon. So, Blurred Hawk, what are the chances that we get a revitalization and an updated mm. 2020 X-Men cartoon by the same guys who gave us arguably the best X-Men franchise so far on screen. I I think it will be a first of all, the fact that that there's an interest there from Kevin Feige and the fact that Disney Plus, this is not, I don't care for all intents and purposes, this is a teaser. Of just letting you let kind of sticking it in 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 your craw, like hey, we haven't forgot. We have Fox properties. We have access to mm-hmm. all these mutants and stuff, and we're, and we're gonna show you this is the house of the mouse, and and now we have all these characters, which were I, I kid you, I mean I grew up on that cartoon. Could not do any wrong. It was before the Marvel Universe existed in cinematic. To me, this was like the pinnacle. Before, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, this this was amazing. So. I I'm saying that I think if they do kind of they tend to so here here's here's my thing sorry I'm I'm trying to get my train of thought organized here um, sure when they pick storylines they kind of like to kind of weave you know a little bit outside of it but they pull right back to that kind of storyline and so with Marvel they have all these different storylines and we saw you know with the Infinity War you know the uh, the whole Daniel's piece, we saw that kind of storyline before. So if we're going to be thinking about introducing X-Men, what storylines would be best to to serve them up versus the comics than the actual animated series and stuff? And which means for me personally, I see a potential of, you know, Black Panther 2 introducing um, the X, uh, introducing X-Men as well as, you know, mutants or, you know, Doctor Strange as well too. So I'm 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 for it. I'm I I I I'm, I I do have one gripe though. I just want to say this, uh, and Disney Disney Plus does need to kind of fix this. Please catalog your stuff like in order. Yes. Uh, it, I mean, it's not just this show. I mean, the cartoon and stuff is because it's really hard to kind of remember where you left off and stuff. You yeah. it just be a lot easier. I'm I don't I'm not I'm you know I'm in the tech field so I I know it does take some work to do that but it can be done. You guys have the resources to do it. So please do that. Catalog your stuff in order. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh the good thing about this and the fact that they are 
moving forward so fast with what if, because they're doing it as a cartoon, is that even in this time where, you know, we're being sanctioned and we're not allowed to social distancing, you can record a cartoon. Mm -hmm. You can get individual people into studios at home. They can record their lines there and you could have someone mix it in another place and they never have to be in the same room. Most of the time they are. Yeah. So you can produce a high level quality series in this day and age, even if we were to stay quarantined, you know, through the whatever. I mean, some people say it's next month or two months. We have somebody I, I heard say that, you know, the parks may not even be opening this year. Yeah. And I mean, that's a long that's way a, away to start a, thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't like to talk about that because uh, Big Papa Disney starts to flip out a little bit. <laughs> so, so I, I, do have yeah. to, I do have to say one quick thing. I went off topic because I know you're talking about introducing a, another animated series. I'm hundred percent for that. I, I, I'm just excited, you know, for the movie and just, just the fact that they own the, the, the mutant properties and stuff. So I, ju- I jumped off sides a little bit, but yes, I am for a, a revitalization of the animated series and they absolutely can do it because they're doing it now. They're, they're not doing this now, but they're doing other animated series. People are working remotely and stuff. So you can absolutely get that done. I love it. So, uh, second rumor, uh, Kevin Smith and one of his podcasts, uh, even though it's called Fat Man on Batman, they do talk about Marvel stuff. It's a comic book one. But he said that he hears from an insider that the Spider-Man movie will be containing a lawyer. Um, I'm guessing there's going to be some repercussions to the J. Jonah Jameson thing and the quote-unquote death of Mysterio. But I was thinking it could be Jennifer Walters. Uh, but he specifically said that it was going to be Charlie from the Netflix Daredevil series. That was the name that he dropped. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, by the time they get around to the next Spider-Man movie, that Netflix contract will be up and done. So all those characters can be pushed in. Yeah, that's good for me. So me, it's cutting it kind of close. So right now, Netflix still has the rights to that for the for the next year and a half, mm-hmm. and they're hopefully, you know, I mean. Not hopefully, but production has got pushed back a little bit for the next uh, iteration for Spider-Man. But I don't think it's pushed back far enough for it to be. I mean, we got I mean, they have a script ready to to go. Um, I don't know, like when it comes to negotiate contracts and expiration and everything else and stuff, it's hard to write someone you don't have the actual rights to into your movie and then start shooting with, with that character and everything else and stuff. I, for me, I don't see, you know, daredevil being the lawyer. I would love to see it, but I just think the timeline it just doesn't. It, for me, it doesn't fit. And I, I'm, I'm, I think Jennifer Walters is perfect for yeah. it too. I, I think it, it coincides with with the, with the the new phase and Disney Plus and everything else. So I I don't see Daredevil being the being the lawyer in there. Yeah, I'd, I'd love it to be Matt Murdock. Yes, but I think you're right. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be She-Hulk. I think it's going to be how we get mm-hmm. She-Hulk onto the big screen and. I feel like they've already cast her. They just haven't announced anything yet. So we'll see. Um, So yeah, so that, that, whatever, whatever that is, man, I'm excited to be in a Marvel cinematic universe that contains Daredevil or She-Hulk. Awesome. And maybe so rumor number three. Yeah. What? No, 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 no. You're fine. I just don't, you know, if Kevin happens to be listening to us and stuff, 
Big fan, big, big, big fan of your stuff. Huge fan. Not challenging your, your 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 theory. I just personally don't don't really see it and stuff. So come on, come on the show and we can discuss it. Yeah, yeah. We'll give we'll have our people call your people, Kevin. Yes. And uh, you can come on to our podcast. You just have to be PG. So yeah, yes. So James Gunn, rumor number three, has stated that well, it was a rumor, but now he's confirmed it. Guardians of the Galaxy three will focus highly on Rocket Raccoon's origin. So that gives us some plot points already, as we know that uh, for those of you unfamiliar with Rocket Raccoon, I will be doing a player. Uh, I'll, I'll do a character profile on Rocket at some point in a future show, maybe next week's show. But Rocket was, he's a hibernated animal, obviously, that, that's, that's highly intelligent and sentient. And, and he's been operated on and added cybernetic parts to him. He is a weapons expert. But uh, he's basically an offshoot of the high evolutionary with a little bit of tinkering from the collector. So that means for a big bad, if they go into it, the high evolutionary is someone they could bring in because of the way he mutates and tinkers with genetics. And this is going in a rumor. This is my head sitting, being a dork, Hmm. calling on 37 years of reading comic books. But if you have someone tinkering with genetics, then you can create a mutant population of superheroes. Just saying, it's a possibility, uh, just yet another way that the people that be at Marvel could say, you know what, maybe we could use this to get mutants in. Maybe we dig through Rocket's past and the Guardians have to go to find out what's going on. Ah, Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so maybe maybe that's why. Maybe the, you know, I don't know, something that leads them back to Earth or something in that case. Uh, Thor's with them. We know that. We know that they're going to feature in the Thor movie somewhat. Yep. And Thor's going to feature heavily in their movie, even though they've confirmed that Jane Foster will be uh, Thor the coming Thor, up. In the, yeah. In, yeah. But uh, how do you feel about... The high evolutionary in general or Rocket's origin or spending time finding out more about him and where he comes from. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. I, I, I like the idea of, I mean, you know, he's, he's his place of origin is, is, is a place called Half World, right? It's where he mm-hmm. was kind of mm-hmm. made. And yeah, I'm, I, I think a couple of things we'll get from this. We'll get more of the Nova Corp. Which I'm, I'm, I'm. We're, we're seeing bits and pieces of it, but I can't wait to have Nova really kind of take a mainstay. And we may it with with um yeah we may we may get a kind of a twist on how like I, I think the big question mark everyone wants to know is how do we get mutants back in here? So yeah, and if you yeah. can play with genes, which which is Rocket is clearly, I mean, if if it all intents and purposes, if Rocket was on Earth, he would be considered a mutant. He, sure, sure. Just, just how that how that is and stuff. Um, not a human, but a actual a, a familiar a familial mutant. So I think we could it could play big into how we get how we get mutants and stuff. I am. I'm I'm for it for gun, it's in Gun's hands. I'm glad they brought him back on board oh, yeah. for this. I mean, I I couldn't really see this go any other way. It's 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 it's, it's for me. It's it's a I think it's a great opportunity to. Uh, I I'm, I don't know. I 
I'm I when I get I get in my head, I kind of go a little off 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 rails and stuff here, thinking of all the sure. different possibilities and stuff because of you know what we got from the comic books and and who Rocket and where he comes from and what he can do and who created him and all the other characters that are surrounding that. So I I don't know. I think we can get, we can see some mutant uh, mutants come from that from Guardians, but it's possible. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's it's possible. Uh, that's all I'll say. I'm 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 excited for it. I'm glad we got a little bit of a kind of like, hey, this is what Guardians going to kind of focus on a little bit and stuff here. Because I'm right now I'm sitting here uh, in quarantine, just kind of going stir crazy, and just just like I said, I can play. You know, you know, I can play the cycles through my head of all the different characters, different ways that Phase Four can go and what can happen and stuff. And so I'm 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 happy for this tidbit. This does leave a lot to the imagination and stuff so yeah so one rumor another rumor last one that's been confirmed we have a title for venom 2 technically it's not venom 2 it's venom venom yeah let there be carnage yes so number one uh, dad jokes number two obviously we're gonna have carnage which we all assumed we were gonna have the way they they threw in the hidden scene with cletus cassidy oh yeah so so that means that Woody Harrelson, I'm assuming, will be a major player in Venom. Oh, absolutely. So, which, um, that's a win in my book, because Tom Hardy and, 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 and Woody Harrelson, I'm sure those are, those are two incredible actors, and I love to see me a manic Woody Harrelson, let me tell you. Oh, man. So, so what do you think about the title? You definitely think we're going to have a, obviously we're going to have a carnage, but yeah. we're going to see Spider-Man in this? Or is it just going to be Venom versus Carnage? I think we'll see. We have to see Spider-Man in this. I think. Um, I think at some point during during this this movie, it has to. They have to somehow travel to New York. I don't. I don't really see Peter Parker going to the east, the West Coast. Um, but I, you know, I mean, we saw we saw some of the trailers and stuff, and we saw a little bit of, you know, I mean, with you know, obviously, um, you know, uh, Cletus, you know, he escaped. Yeah. he escaped, and we saw you know stuff with uh, Michael Keaton, you know, um, um, actually, no, I'm sorry, I'm I'm, I'm crossing Morbius. Yeah, you're going into the Morbius trailer. I'm going into Morbius, which is also another, that's another one. But oh, my goodness. But we see, we, we see, we see Cletus. He obviously he's gotten out, um, and far as I know, he's played by the the great, you know, Woody Harrelson. Um, their screen, you know, I have looked at the screen stills for clues as much as the human eye could and stuff. I I I hope we see Spider Man in this. We have, I think, we almost have to. Uh, whether it's a cameo, if it's on a news thing about you know with uh, J. Jonah Jameson like revealing. Who you know, Spider Man is as Peter Parker or, or something, but I I I think I think we will. I just don't know how. If it's you know, Spider Man goes to to the bit to you know, the West Coast are somehow they manage to make their way to New York. So right. I mean, I, I got to tell you, they're they're weaving an interesting web with Morbius's weird trailer clues mm-hmm. combined with this world of venom that exists mm-hmm. and whether or not we still don't know how it ties in or if it ties into anything. Uh, I mean, for all we know, they're all just playing with us and this is all meant to be the same universe. 
and they're just going to drop a big bomb on us and we're going to end up with this big Avengers tier two team, you know, with a final phase and Venom and Carnage and Spider-Man and Morbius and mm. everyone just shows up. And I got to tell you, I, I'll, I'll welcome it. I'll flip out. Absolutely. I'll, oh, I'll scream at Sean like I did during Avengers <laughs> Endgame, and uh, so I'm 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 down for it. All I got to say is, you know, you could take my money. Mm-hmm. And speaking of money, let's pause for our sponsor. back all right yeah love our sponsor man i i every time i hear our sponsor i i'm just like he you definitely got to get you some of that yeah, make sure me too yeah I want make you. sure make sure your grandma's hooked up too yeah so that's right you one for your mammy yep so we're gonna try a new thing out something i call switch it all right switch let's it do it so in this game we're gonna take an iconic role from the mcu mm-hmm. and another iconic role and we're gonna switch the lead actors And then we're going to see if it means anything, if it affects something. We'll handle the guys this time, and then I'll come up with some ladies to switch out for next time. Uh, But for now, I thought we'd focus on, uh, let's go with a man of iron and a man of, well, mysticism. Magic. So, So in this case, being what it is, the directors decide that they're going to build Tony Stark up by using the hot commodity that, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh yeah. And in in order to bring our master of mysticism in, you know, we're going to have Robert Downey Jr. who's making a comeback as it is. Now, uh, aside of the obvious height difference, mm-hmm. we've got an aristocratic British man now playing a, a billionaire philanthropist. Oh yeah. And we've got Mr. Mr. Here's my Academy Award himself <laughs> playing Doctor Strange and a strange former surgeon. Now, approaches. What's done differently if this happens? If Cumberbatch is Iron Man, how do they play Iron Man? So Iron Man, I think, is... I think they play him as a false playboy. Like, he, okay. he he's kind of... Um, he, he's keeping up airs, keeping up appearances and stuff, but he secretly... His, his, his passion is more in the lab than than it is kind of being the playboy and stuff because I, I see i mean i i love btcc which most people don't know it's benedict timothy carlton cumberbatch and mm. yeah that, that's a name drop um right. he i i think he would kind of add more of the seriousness to not that rdj rdj doesn't do that but mm-hmm. he, he's definitely that one-liner he he went full involved into the playboy side of things which is yeah, which snarky. is really yeah, yeah which you know with the comic books and everything else that that it's it's it's, it's perfect fit for him but if we're gonna have benedict play this role i i think it would be less featured on that more of him in the lab and watching his genius and stuff at work and stuff. So taking things a little bit more serious, like Tony gets serious that, you know, overall it's kind of this building sure. of this arc and stuff. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost kind of goes back and forth between him and cap as the, as the leaders and stuff. Um, cap, obviously even in the comic book is that go-to guy, but um, with, with Benedict taking the role of Iron Man, I would chat. I think they would have to kind of revise some, 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 the, the character a little bit and stuff and make him a little okay. bit more serious. 
Agreed. Now, now we then take uh, Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. and we put him in the role of Doctor Strange. Oh. Now, um, let me preface this by saying that the casting of Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark, I'm sure mm-hmm. we've discussed this before. It was a hundred percent. It was almost oh. like when they created him, they knew eventually there would be somebody to play him who was Robert Downey Jr. On the side note, Benedict Cumberbatch, the minute they announced it, I said, please let him be Dr. Strange. And when they announced he was Dr. Strange, I mean, it was perfect. However, I would say if we took Robert Downey Jr.'s version of Dr. Strange, the last few runs of the Defenders were written with more of a comical tone to it, Mm -hmm. where he plays a, a... a pompous surgeon, but one who has a bit of a sense of humor and kind of, I don't know, gets, goes from serious to, to, to lighthearted really fast. And I feel like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what they did with him. Robert Downey Jr. could do it, yep. but it would be a different take on Stephen Strange because how do I put this bluntly? There's a level of arrogance that both of these actors inherently have that fit the personality of the characters originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stark believes he's the smartest man in the room mm-hmm. because most of the time he's the smartest man in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Strange believes he's the smartest man in the room and the most prepared because of his gifted surgeon abilities. And he's got a lot of an edge to him, which I think they would have focused more on with Robert Downey. You know, this was a, a world-class surgeon who all of a sudden lost the ability to use his hands in a, in a car accident that was his fault. So I think they would have focused more on that, more on the angst and alcoholism and just despair of a broken down Stephen strange who literally goes searching for anyone to heal him so he can be the surgeon that he was. And yeah. So I would, I would say this, this, um, this role reversal, this switch is actually more alike into actual the path that Robert Downey Jr. had to travel himself and stuff. Sure. His yeah, own battle absolutely. with substance and stuff and his road to redemption and stuff. So I really think he would have poured himself into this. He pours himself into all his roles. But absolutely. He, I, I think he really would have done amazing with with that role playing Steve Dr. Steve, Stephen Strange. Now with that, so there there's and just to kind of go off of what you said before you started, um there's only three characters who I think were perfectly cast for their roles. And I, I cannot ever go back and see anyone doing something else again. And the first one was Wesley Snipes' Blade. Um, the second one is Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, as Tony Stark. And the third one is Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Those are those are those are the those actors. When I looked at them, I'm like, yes, that that is their role and stuff. But with that said, so I'm not I'm not saying that, you know, he can't play this role. He absolutely can. In fact, this role, the character, the fictional character is really, like I said, is more akin to, you know, the path that RDJ and I would absolutely be excited to see what he would do with that role. I think he when it comes to the arrogance meter, if we have to measure it. Um, I think um, Robert will bring a higher level of arrogance for his character than than Benedict could, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Benedict's a masterful 
uh, uh, actor does amazing stuff, but he, he would, I think he would play the serious roles more serious than, than, than Robert Downey. And Robert would definitely bring that kind of arrogant snarkiness more. So, I mean, and, and, and you know what, what kind of sold it for me in that way by giving those two, the, you know, the more serious for uh, Benedict and more arrogant snarky for um, Robert Downey is mm-hmm. Tropic Thunder. I cannot see, like, I was looking back and forth on both of their resumes and stuff. I'm like, yeah, they both can kind of play a little bit. And then I got to Tropic Thunder. I'm like, there's no way Benedict Cumberbatch can pull off uh, the character that Robert Downey, uh, you know, brought. Agreed. Agreed. And so with that, yeah, I think we would see a more snarky, arrogant um, uh, Doctor Strange than we've ever seen before. Deservingly so. I mean, the man's talented, incredibly wise and smart. I mean, he he's definitely on the genius level intellect and stuff. So, so, and he he knows it. So, yeah. So I definitely, I'm definitely okay with keeping them in the roles that they are in. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right. And the last one we have, uh, speaking of Captain America. So in this scenario, we take. Uh, trying to be held seriously, Chris Pratt. And Marvel decides in this case that they're going to build their franchise and it's between Pratt and Evans. And in this case, Marvel says, well, you know what? Evans already played the Human Torch. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we have anything for him right now. And instead, they cast the very underqualified (laughs) at the time, Chris Pratt, as their titular Captain America, and then they take later on and they go, you know what? Let's stick him on this Guardians movie since Evans really wants to do a role like this and we want to kind of keep him in the in the universe. And so in this case, Chris Evans as Star-Lord and Chris Pratt as Captain America. Let's talk about Chris Pratt as Captain America first. Ooh, man, that's a... That's oh man! You you want to go first? Because I'm gonna probably sure. I'll 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 take I'll take the, I'll take the Captain America part at least or part of it. Okay. So so the 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 good news is is that both Pratt and Evans started off in physical comedy mm-hmm. with with Evans being in the Not Another Teen uh, movie, yep. which was one of his his first ones, and that's a very ridiculous movie. And then he uh, completely nailed. Johnny Storm's sarcastic young wit of constantly picking on Ben and just being childish and 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 over the top. And so I, I've I've said it before when he was cast as Captain America, it was the one role I had a problem with. Mm-hmm. And then I saw him as Captain America, and I realized what he did to his body to become Captain America. Yeah. And that first that first scene, you see him, and he's shirtless, and you know so much so that even the the professional actress that he's across from has to touch his chest because of his body. And I think to myself, my goodness, <laughs> he turned himself into a living weapon. Mm-hmm. He hit, he hit the, and he never had a, a doughy body. You know, Pratt always kind of, and I'm, and I'm saying chunky as in like, he was probably about 25 to 30 pounds overweight yeah. with a little bit of a belly. But Pratt's transformation was really good into star Lord. But he would have to pour himself into working out mm-hmm. to be Captain America. Now, if he could dedicate himself to that level as Captain America and take on a serious role, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if we would have. Um, my fear is Pratt as Captain America is a campy mm-hmm. Captain America yeah. because 
out of every single character you have, the two that I worry the most about are Black Panther and Captain America in terms of delivering their lines without sounding cheesy Mm -hmm. or overly dramatic. Now, they hit home runs because Chadwick Boseman, my goodness, is that man not T'Challa or what? Absolutely. And and then with, with Chris Evans, he just changed his acting style so much as he transformed his body that, you know, even the yes ma'am and the no ma'ams and the, and the patriotic speeches mm-hmm. were so good. You believe that when he said language, yeah. like that's Captain America, man. You don't curse in front of him. Nope. He's a guy from the 40s and 50s. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I feel like this this would would be really hard because Pratt, even when he's trying to be serious, kind of has a smirk about him. You know, because I mean, I would say the Jurassic World series, which is a huge franchise for him as well. Absolutely. You know, that's a pretty serious role, but he still plays it kind of aloof, kind of snarky, kind of smirky. And that's not what Captain America is. Oh, so so as as much as I I realize that he's taller or just I think he's a little bit taller than Chris Evans. I I feel like this would not have worked. Um, Now, how do you feel Chris Evans would have done as Star-Lord? So, um, so yeah. So, Chris, even though Chris Chris does start out with with comedy, uh, it's uh, it's it's hard for me at this point to kind of disassociate him back into that kind of um, that teenage angst kind of uh, right. uh, cheeky kind of person. I think he he would. I think he would do well. I think we would see a different Star Lord. He. I don't think um, they would have to rewrite. Some of the some of the script he wouldn't be he would nowhere be he would he wouldn't be anywhere near uh, Captain America level because Chris you know Chris Evans definitely uh, he does have a little bit of range to him uh, but the the level of, of snark uh, cheesiness that kind of uh, where he plays off of his his co um, his uh, his co stars that was catered for uh, Chris, uh, Chris Pratt. Chris Evans, I think there's always going to be that kind of a little bit of, of respect kind of with, when he's with his ensemble. And so there will be some jokes and stuff, but he but it, he would kind of be more of that leader and not saying Chris Pratt's a leader, but he's he's that leader that that so desperately wants everyone to know he's a leader. You know, he's like, yes, I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, we, we saw that exchange with, uh, with, um, you know, him and Thor and it was actually kind of comical. I think if we saw that same exchange with him and Chris Evans, it would have been, we would have been like his ensemble. Like we want to see that fight. Like, like, oh, oh, no, it's about to go down. Yes. We're like, oh, they better show this footage. But, you know, I mean, but we looked at, you know, with with Chris, uh, you know, Chris Pratt and Thor, you know, Hemsworth, the other Chris. And we're like, okay, that's 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 funny. That's comic relief because Thor would absolutely whip whip his ass or whip whip his butt. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I think I think Chris Evans adds a little bit more dimension to Star Lord. In fact, I would even you know say, yeah, we we have you know I. I we for me, I, I think we have we go from kind of I love Lucy kind of the he Chris Chris Evans is really good at, at the physical comedy and stuff. I don't see Chris. I'm sorry, Chris Pratt is. I don't see Chris Evans doing as much physical and stuff. Like I I, I can't see him pull off the that you know the dance off, bro. 
and stuff. But right, I, right, right, right. I think that was written specifically for Chris Evans and stuff to do. Uh, for they, Chris Pratt. For Chris Pratt. Oh man, I'm mixing up my Chris's and stuff. I know, I know. Good thing we didn't do like a cross between Hemsworth. Oh also. man, we did yeah. Chris's for days. Oh man. So yeah, so I, I think Chris, I think Chris Evans would could pull off Star Lord. Star Lord would definitely be a different type of Star Lord than what we've seen on the big screen. Um, it will be less uh, physical comedy, a little bit more. There would be some comedy scenes and stuff in there, uh, but it would it would be more kind of Thor ish kind of comedy and stuff. It's right, yeah. It's not it's not physical. It's more the the words and the one liners and stuff. So so uh, yeah. So that's 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 my take on just the actors reversing and playing those roles and stuff. We'll have two very different um, characters that we would see. And that would absolutely change the way the Marvel universe is shaped, shaped out to be. So agreed. Well, once again, the casting department hit home runs. So they did far. And funny that we should mention Thor and star Lord in their little send off because it's now time for our next segment. And that's battle two men enter. One man leaves. Like Today, it. we're going to talk about, you know, the son of Odin himself, Thor, against Star-Lord. Now, some of you might be saying, well, I mean, that's that's easy, right? Well, of course, it would be easy if it were just regular Star-Lord. <laughs> we're talking about the well, We can't just have that. Yeah. We're talking about, you know, actual, you know, half God, half man Star-Lord with his terraforming powers and at at the apex of his high of his of the height of his powers, taking on Thor. So, go ahead, Blurred Hawk. Tell us a little bit about what you think could happen in a battle like this. So now we 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 haven't seen. I mean, we got we got a bit a little bit of taste of the celestial form of of Star Lord. You know, he's the son of uh, Ego versus Thor. The you know the son, Odin's son. Now. Start now, Celestial. Celestials are nothing to play with. They they kind of did, did a little bit of a disservice. I mean, when they when they kind of showed ego, and they didn't really show all of. I mean, with the his manipulation powers, and I mean, he has he has Celestials have like god tier power, so they can absolutely go toe to toe with with Thor and Asgardians and stuff. Now, with that said, <coughs> Quill is half human. <clears throat> so how his powers and stuff will manifest, we we won't know, but we do know he has a lot of them, and he could do he could do some damage and stuff through to Thor if he is actually provoked and mad. So some of the things, I mean, his true like celestial powers and stuff. Um, God, we can go over. So he, you know, there's. Um, Beyond, you know, the, you know, I mean, he, uh, he can, he can do the whole lightning force and everything else and stuff. Right. That's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Quill. Quill. Yes. Peter Quill. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, God, um, do you, uh, well, he's got, so he, he's got terraforming powers. Thank you. Which means he can mold planets essentially. So he can, he can pick up giant sections of the earth and hurl them at, at, at Thor. That's that's definitely one thing. Uh, regenerative powers, so he can heal pretty fast. Uh, he can change his form, not you know on on a, on a cellular level, but I think the big thing here is even at the height of his powers, we would have a Quill who is half human, 
and relatively inexperienced versus a full God who has been alive for thousands of years and is completely aware of every single power that he possesses. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, it doesn't matter if technically Star-Lord's power level is greater than Thor's. The, the fact that Thor has the lightning, the strength, the fighting technique, mm-hmm. the, the history behind him, assuming he just has Mjolnir and not Stormbreaker, or he doesn't have both, um, you know, he's got Mjolnir. Mjolnir's a game changer, unless you're his sister, obviously. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Right? But, uh, and so combining all of that, it would be a knockdown, drag out fight where I, I believe. Star-Lord would get in quite a few hits just from his sheer power level. But I think over time, the endurance factor of Thor, based with his myriad of powers, would allow him to walk away as the winner. That's that's my I, feeling. I agree. So I think so I think Thor is a much disciplined fighter than mm-hmm. than uh, Quill is. Uh Quill has been proven time and time again his emotions, which is the human side of him, ruse him. So if if you know with that amount of power that he has not yet mastered, even though he has more more godlike power than Thor does, um Thor's discipline and his longevity. I mean, he's over 1500 years old compared to Quill who's born in the seventies. Um, right. who's basically a baby when it, when it comes to experience and stuff and, and handling that type of level of power. So with that, Thor's discipline will absolutely overcome, um, Quill's uh, celestial powers and stuff. So he, I will absolutely have to give that to uh, Thor. I, I think there's, if, if Quill had, I mean, time with Ego, his father, and trained and really kind of honed and got rid of, I mean, I mean, he would have to actually be, be, uh, really the celestial form of Star Lord. I then I think it would it will be a pretty interesting uh, drag out fight. But with that said, it's they're not starting out on the same on on the same you know same field and yeah, stuff. I same mean, field. They're no. they're not. Yeah. I mean, if you put if you put like Andre the Giant in this prime versus Mike Tyson in his prime, you you look at that mismatch and like okay, so Peter, you know Star Lord is Andre the Giant in this and. And Mike Tyson in his prime will be uh, Thor. Thor will make work a uh, handy work of Andre the Giant very quickly. Andre the Giant's a giant, but yeah, you know, Tyson's throwing haymakers. Exactly. And that's the exactly. controlled haymakers. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Good call. Yeah. That's actually a good analogy. I'll take that one. So that was a pretty easy fight. <laughs> However, it would have been awesome to see, just just to say that. Oh, absolutely. That for the for the for the quick panels that it went through. And so now some for our final segment, the not so MCU. We have movies that are very MCU, and then we have those that are not so MCU. Today I'm going to talk about the 1990 Punisher movie. Ah, it's not canon, first of all. Uh, number two, finding numbers on this is really hard. And then I figured out why. The production of this movie took place in Sydney, Australia. The film was given a worldwide theatrical release, except in the United States, Sweden, and South Africa. Mm-hmm. The film was originally slated for a U.S. release in August of 89, 
The trailers were created by New World promoting the film. The film premiered in Germany and then in France in October of 89. And then it was shown months later at the Los Angeles comic book and sci-fi convention in July of 1990. But the film never, ever, ever receives a world theatrical release in the United States due to New World's financial difficulties and the new owners that they bring in not having an interest in any sort of theatrical distribution. So this movie is made for a lot of money as a Marvel property Mm -hmm. and never, ever gets a theatrical release in America. So there's no American budget to be made from. It is a movie that literally went straight to VHS or straight to DVD or straight to HBO. It it stars Dolph Lundgren, uh, who in 1990 was still a pretty big commodity. He was only a couple years removed from I must break you from from Rocky, where he played Ivan Drago, one of the best Rockies of all time. Man, uh, all oh, I right? love. Oh, yeah. If he dies, so, he dies. Like, dies, he dies. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah. So, um, there are some cool things about this. Uh, number one is that Dolph does have uh, extensive background knowledge in martial arts, which comes in handy. Because all of the fight scenes that are performed in this movie have real contact. There is no coordination or fake fighting, if you will. The actors wanted to give the fights a sense of realism. And the uh, Kayukushin karate champions that they used, uh, Kenji Yamaki and Hirofumi Kaneyama, their sense of honor would not allow them to fake a fight. So Dolph Lundgren, who was an accomplished American actor, tells the people in this movie, that's fine. Let him hit me. I'll hit him back. (laughs) I can take it. Now, in this day and age, this would be now 30 years since this movie was made. Let's assume they make a Punisher movie and they use uh, the Punisher that we have today, which is um, Shane from The Walking Dead. What's his real name? Oh, um, give me a sec. It'll come to me. So let's say they decide to make a Punisher movie and let's say you bring on, I don't know, let's say a couple of guys from the raid, really good Kung Fu experts. There's no way that a Marvel studios or Disney itself today would allow their lead character to perform real and actual contact, full contact fights for the sake of a movie. So in that respect, I give respect to this Punisher movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, and when you watch it, because I went ahead and watched it when I when I researched that that fact, I realized, my goodness, they are wailing on each other. You you see the contact being made, and you realize they're not slowing down. It's not sped up. There isn't a cutaway. They aren't using a weird angle, so you don't see. This is a choreographed fight that's full contact at full speed. Mm-hmm. John Bernthal. My goodness. John Bernthal. Thank you. Thank you. John Bernthal. Yes. So I don't think there's any chance that Disney lets John Bernthal take those kind of hits. Oh, no. That Dolph Lundgren took. Um, So super impressed. Now, there's two other Punisher movies featuring two other Punishers plus Bernthal in the Netflix. So we have four Punishers, which... Out of the Marvel stuff, that makes him the character played the most because he beats 
Bruce Banner by one. Yeah, so, true. Yeah. We've had four different Punisher franchises. And Tom, yeah, Thomas Jane. Yeah, uh, played Punisher. And I don't remember. I don't remember what the Punisher Warzone guy's I, name is. Yeah, I really don't. I don't think. It yeah. Really a lot, you know? mm. Um, but yeah, there's there's not a lot on this film. For for those who have watched it, it's it's a pretty dark film. Uh, they were going for hyper violent. Stan didn't really like it uh, because of how violent and dark it was. But you know, the Punisher himself is. He's a guy made from violence. You know, his family was murdered in front of him and, and he's not a guy who has superpowers. He he's a former trained black ops soldier who uses guns and martial arts and knives and bombs and anything he can. And he takes no prisoners. Oh, yeah. That's not he does not shoot to wound. He's not he does not leave anyone alive. If someone comes after them, either he dies or they die. If they die, he die. That's it. I mean, that's just that's it. Now tell me, you so, you wouldn't have died for a a, pun- a Punisher versus Rambo back in the in the nineties and stuff. Like I would have killed for. That. Oh my god, that would have been <laughs> yes, that would have been the ultimate. John Rambo versus Frank Castle. Yes, I, mean, I we can do it now. Oh. They're both still up on their feet. I actually just watched the most recent Rambo. This has nothing to do with Marvel. <laughs> I enjoyed it. For what it was, man, it was a fun ride. I'm not going to lie to you. Right it's on. super violent, you know, and, and Stallone is definitely showing his age, yeah. but I had a great time watching it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that would yeah. be, that would have been a great little matchup there. It's outside of Marvel, but this was kind of this was outside of Marvel anyway. So, it it would it would definitely been interesting to see a '90s Rambo versus '90s Punisher. Have you seen Punisher in a while? Have you seen this Punisher? No, I have not seen this one in a while. It's been. Do you remember watching it? I as do. A kid I do remember watching it in middle school. I I've watched it. I think I I like Dolph Lundgren. He, he's a he's he's just that. Perfect action actor. I, I was kind of shocked that he his career wasn't bigger than than what it was. Agree. He. he I mean, when when I look back and stuff, I mean, you had you had yeah Schwarzenegger, yes yeah, Stallone, yeah Dolph Lundgren, and if you know he Jean-Claude didn't. Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, Jean Claude Van Damme. Like they all yeah. went on to have like really great acting careers, and he just. He was the one I. He was the horse I picked. Like I think he's like he's he's the action hero, but you know it just didn't work out. So I don't know. So I've I got an interesting bit of trivia for you. See if you know the answer to this. All right. It doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with Marvel movies. Okay. But it's always a fun bit of trivia for me. He man. Do you? Do you <laughs> no, of course he man. Um, do you know Jean Claude Van Damme's very first movie? Yes, I do. Up here. What uh, is it? He was the extra. Okay. And breaking. Yeah. Yes. He was the extra in breaking. He was on the leotard. He was dancing on the beach on Muscle Beach in breaking, Venice. Breaking electric boogaloo. Yep. Yep. So he is so. Uh, we I've reviewed that movie before, and the first time I saw it, I realized who it was. I was like, Oh my god, it's John Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Very enthusiastically dancing horribly in the background. In fact, um, I know the scene. There's a very famous breakdancer who he I, I can't I don't know if he had muscle uh, dystrophy MD, but he he was an amazing breakdancer. He uses stilts a part of his his uh, dance choreography, and it was on the beach. And he was actually got filmed because he was uh, I mean amazing. They fought they saw him breakdancing like do we want you in our in our film? They brought him in, and he did that whole scene 
was around him doing his little breakdance with the stilts, and then you had John Claude Van Damme in his little muscle leotard thing. His little muscle just, tard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just kind of trying to count with the beat and stuff. Yeah, I oh, I absolutely remember that one. That was a good one, man. Um, so yeah, uh, you can find Punisher uh, on Amazon Prime, I believe. Uh, I'm sure there's a version of it somewhere on YouTube for like a dollar ninety nine. If you want to watch it, you can you can certainly buy it online if you if you want it. If you're a collector, um, it, it does. I will say this: I liked it more now in 2020 than when I, I think the last time I watched it was probably somewhere in the late 90s because it, it would come on on cable every now and then. Oh, and um, now that I know what I know, watching it, watching the fight scenes, just I don't know it. It, it no matter what was happening. I got to the edge of my seat because I knew that it was real. You know what I mean? Like oh, it, yeah. it added a layer of danger and excitement to everything. Um, there's a, a, a Donnie Yen movie called Flashpoint where he takes on uh, Colin Cho and uh, Colin Cho was in the Matrix and, and uh, had an appearance in there. But he takes on Colin Cho and Colin Cho told him that he wanted to make as real a fight as possible. And in an interview, Donnie Yen was talking about it. And so they went full tilt on camera and you can notice, like he says, he says there comes a point where uh, you see that I can't make fists anymore. He said, and my, my hands were so sore and raw that all I could do was curl my fingers halfway. And because I, I had been pounding on his arms and his forearms and his legs, because Anytime I felt like I was trying to make it a little too pretty, like Colin would snap me back into reality. And, and he goes, and I don't know if you've ever been kicked by someone who's a Taekwondo uh, grandmaster. It's like, but when he kicks you, it hurts in every part of your body. <laughs> and so it, I was looking at the fights from that line. When I go back and look at Flashpoint, there are some theatrical stuff, obviously, but oh, yeah. just the added, added sense of realism, knowing that these guys are pounding on each other. Uh, made Punisher more enjoyable to me because I, I think I appreciated the effort more than a beautiful choreographed essential dance where they're just kind of throwing punches that never are intended to connect. So uh, it, bring, it brings an interesting element to it. So if you do end up checking it out, try to remember to give props uh, to both the the, the grandmasters, uh, Hirofumi Kaneyama, Kenji Yamaki, and Lundgren himself because uh, they push themselves physically to limits that I don't think actors would do nowadays. I'm definitely going to so, rewatch it. Yeah, you should. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Marvel Tribe. Uh, it's been awesome. You can you can check us out on the D the D cast, which we'll be doing as well this week. We also have uh, the Insiders, and we've got the Extra Magic Hour. Oh yeah, uh, with Sean and Brooke, and they've added a third uh, co-host who is did we, are we Tim? We, Tim, yeah. that's right. Yeah, well, but you'll be meeting Tim uh, soon next week. Okay, and then we've also got uh, what am I missing? The Knights of the Road Republic. The Knights of the Road Republic, man. And I shouldn't be missing that one because <laughs> if you're a Star Wars fan, Woo. it is man. These ladies are. Killing it. They Not only are they hyper-organized, yeah, they're hyper-organized and they're efficient and they get down to the nitty-gritty and they're just starting to catch their wind 
with everything. And there's been some awesome things announced recently. So make sure you're checking all of that. You can find us on iTunes. You can go through the uh, Diz Insider webpage. And that's going to do it for uh, us here. Mother Drive. Mother Drive. Mother Drive. Mother Drive.